Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. We're Lana Mercedes and we're the Onion Peelers. We are also the dedicated owners of uh, the breathing space in Amsterdam, in a part of Amsterdam called the Barshes. We are a home for Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. We offer daily Mysore as well as lead vinyasa classes and lead ashtanga vinyasa classes. We also offer online classes, which they're all live streamed. Check out our website at www.thebreathingspace.nl Nice. On to today's topic. We've got a rather large onion to peel. Yes. I think we'll peel part of this onion and... There's definitely many aspects of this. There's like little, this onion has given birth to many onions. It's like, yes, <laughs> there's a multi-onion within the onion. <laughs> yeah. So we'll peel part of the onion today. What are we talking about today, Mercedes? We're talking about yoga as a practice for everyone. Yeah. So I think today we'll touch on many aspects of this idea that practice, yoga practice is for everyone. Well, we'll talk about the assumptions that we have, I think, perhaps what the media shows. So how that, uh, I think how that um, conditions us into thinking a certain way about what yoga is and who it's for. And, but that really, the practice is for everyone, no matter who you are, how old you are, um, what uh, stage of life you're in, um, the color of your skin, the size of your body, physical ability, physical ability, that really yoga practices for everyone. And then kind of the things that maybe, I don't know, hold us back from beginning a yoga practice because of, yeah, because of the assumptions that we have. Cool. So should we begin by... No, wait, let me ask you the following. So, Lana Martina begs, are you ready to peel this multi-onion? Mercedes Pariella, <laughs> I am ready to peel this onion. Awesome. So, where to begin? Yeah, where to begin. I think it's interesting, you know, if you look back in the history kind of of yoga, then the, those who began this practice or really those who practiced yoga in the beginning, let's say, were men. At least that we know of. Like uh, when Patanjali wrote the Yoga Sutras, it was intended for um, like those on the path of yoga. Like uh, Rishis like, uh, and, and Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those were men. But that we really think of this now as a practice, as a practice for everybody, a house, a practice for householders. Yeah, so that... Uh, I think meaning, Patanjali kind of uh, yeah. pivoted that a little bit, right? With his uh, yoga sutras, making it more accessible for all walks of life, as opposed to like the sages or the rishis and so on. I think uh, the intention Patanjali had, I think that's the way that we see it now. But yeah. it was because uh, before, um, it's kind of like in the in the Catholic Church, the split between uh, like what Martin Luther did. Yeah. Uh, is that this was a split from the Catholic Church in that before it was that religion and the word of God was only in the hands of priests and you weren't supposed to read the Bible. You're supposed to uh, hear like scripture and stuff from a priest. Yeah. And Martin Luther went around knocking on doors being like, no, people should be able to read the Bible themselves and understand it. I think. Yeah. I'm not a scholar on these things, but I'm pretty sure that's what the whole idea was. That's what Patanjali did as well. He was like, okay, it's not just in the hands of those who are um, enlightened, let's say, but I want to make this uh, these teachings accessible to um, yeah, to everybody, but everybody was really those that were on the path of yoga. It wasn't for householders. Well, but I think I hear you, but I think it's like 
anyone that was curious and willing, let's say. That they would then have the, had it Anyone accessible. that had, exactly, that you didn't have to be born in a family of... Uh, <laughs> oh, Billy. Oh. Billy is entering the room. Hey, Billy. Little cat and big cat. So, yeah, that, that's what I mean, like householders in a way that is more accessible to everybody, not yeah. necessarily like you're cooking your pasta and... Uh, and you're doing tree pose. And you're doing tree pose. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, and I think we really see the sutras as a way of making the practice accessible for everybody, especially because it was written down. Now you don't have to learn it um, by sitting with a teacher and them chanting the sutras to you and you reciting them, um, but it's actually in written form, so any, everybody has access to it that can read. Yeah, so that is uh, that is true. Um, but really, what you see now is mostly women practice yoga. Yeah, that is that is kind of crazy. There's a huge shift there. When was like the first, the first women, kind of like really starting to share the message of yoga? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know in the in the West, let's say what we call the West, which yeah. west of what. Um, so if we think of like the United States and Europe, then we had, um, what was her name? She studied with Iyengar. Well, Indra Devi was yeah, definitely one of Indra the... Devi. She was, I would say, probably one of the very first. It's crazy because mm-hmm. Indra Devi died in Argentina. Oh yeah? She, and it's so funny because I remember being a child way before I knew what yoga was. I remember seeing this huge, uh posters like on the big avenues in Argentina of her face oh yeah Indra Devi's call and I was always like you know before crossing the street I would always be like mesmerized by her image That's she wasn't a student of Iyengar she was a student of Krishnamacharya yes yeah she was a Krishnamacharya student yeah yeah but she died in Argentina but I mean if I was young and she was there and then uh, we're talking about like what 80s yeah but she, so this is she very brought, recent she brought uh, but it wasn't then she brought her she went back to Europe, I think, in the... Yeah, she was Russian, if I'm correct. Yeah, and I think she brought the message, let's say, back in, like, the 40s and 50s, I think. No, yeah, way earlier. Yeah. Argentina was her last stop. Yeah, yeah. Basically, I think she wanted to retire in South America. And I think if we think of women in the United States, at least I, that's the next kind of stop, I think, of spreading yoga into the... Uh, out of India mm-hmm. that I know of, right? Yeah. I don't know how what it was, what was happening in India itself, and if there are yeah. great uh, women in Female India teachers. that were also already uh, teaching. Yeah, because that's the thing too, right? Uh, Americans especially have big mouths, so it, it's very easy to know kind of what's going on in America. Everybody looks at America. And mm. sees what's going on there, uh, as opposed to I think maybe the message was shared and it was less obvious. Perhaps it wasn't uh, less broadcast, loud. less yeah. loud. Yeah, but I know right. So Barrel Bender Birch, no, uh, no. huge. Were some of the? She was one of the first kind of to popularize at least um, Ashtanga and Power Vinyasa Yoga. In the United States. Um, yeah, and then you also had students of Patabi Joyce, uh, female students, who brought uh, yoga back to like California and stuff. Nancy Gilgoff and um, yeah. Yeah, that's funny how that has uh, sort of turned around. Yeah. Now there's this misconception that uh, yeah, yoga is mainly a female type of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, why is that? that I wonder where along the way this new fashion started. Yeah, I wonder. That would be an interesting... There's probably a book written about it. I wonder why that's that women are now the face of yoga. Though I think... I remember... I think... 
Peg told me this, Peg Mulqueen. I think she was saying, or I remember her saying something about Patabi Joyce always said that women would be the the ones to carry the message of yoga. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, Why was that? I don't know. Yeah, why are why is that? I have no idea. I mean, I think I have no clue. I think women in general are more introspective. Mm. And maybe the psychological aspect of practice is more has a stronger pull for women than men. I don't know, my assumption would be then that men are drawn to really physical practices. I mean, that's why in the beginning, right, if we think of Ashtanga yoga, those mostly men, it's a very physical practice. And that perhaps it was thought that women couldn't do the practice in a physical way. I'm not sure if that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is all out of my depth. I've yeah, now, now I, I, I'm stuck on that. I wonder if it's, yeah, women, indeed, they tend to be more, yeah, I don't want to be self-reflective, because I'm sure there's many men out there that are. Yeah. Maybe we're more about sharing or taking care of one another. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, interesting. But it's also interesting how there's been like this, um, how do you say, like these different eras where there was one era where everybody thought, oh, you had to be Indian to practice yoga. Yeah. And then there was this era that you had to be hippie to practice yoga. Yeah. Um, then it was like, okay, you have to be a woman to practice yoga. Yeah. And then you have to be young and bendy to practice yoga. It's, yeah. it's, it's like this little misconception kind of evolves, but not yeah. really. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you just go from one misconception to another. Yeah. I don't know. I always, but I think that um, <laughs> social media in some form or another has to do with that. Like I, I remember when I was, when I first started practicing yoga, I had mostly male teachers. I can think of one female teacher I had and all the rest were male teachers. And then now I think if you look at the what is available and what's out there, that it's mostly female teachers that are out there. But back in the day when I started practice, it was all male teachers. I had a male Ashtanga teacher. I had a male... Um, there was a male vinyasa teacher when I f very first started, like I did some of the first practices of yoga, of yoga, like physical practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first book that I read, Eric Schiffman's book, Moving Into Stillness, uh, that was obviously written by a male, uh, Rodney Yee, I remember, I mean, like all the videos The from teaching Rodney world Yee. is still... Very, I think it's a little bit more divided, but it's still quite male, also. Really, I don't know. I think that if we look now, that most of the teachers that have uh, that have a really big social presence, let's say, if we think of uh, the teachers that people know of, that I think it's a lot of females. Hmm. If you think of like Kino McGregor, uh, Laruga Glaser. Um, the well-known yeah. like vinyasa teachers especially shivareya yeah um, there are a lot of yeah a lot of female faces uh and yeah unless okay i don't know, yeah, I don't know that it's less uh, maybe Because now I'm thinking, like, Ashtanga teachers mainly male. In the younger world, it's also very male. Yeah. That doesn't mean that there's no female teachers, of course, but the majority yeah. tends to be 
male. I think in the vinyasa world, it's yeah, more female. More maybe. female. Yeah. So maybe it depends a little bit on the tradition and stuff. Or it's probably my own bias because I probably tend to see the women more than I do. This is also men. the problem with social media. You only keep seeing the stuff that you keep seeing. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that I look at social media so much, but I get, if I do, then no, what shows I mean, up is... You can help it. Yeah. I mean, if you are about to post something on your Instagram, yeah. you're going to see what you're going to see. You're not going to see, like, everything. Yeah. 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 But I think that is also what has made the shift in... Um, because even back in the day like social media in the sense of what was on TV or what was available in books, what was available on video. Um, before we had all of this, like Facebook and Instagram, if I think of what was available uh, as like popular, let's say popular culture, if you wanted to start yoga practice, then like I think of book, like the first book I had, of course, was, Uh, by a man but then you know other books after that like Beryl Bender Birch's book um, uh, her her book was another big pivot yeah on this yoga culture absolutely yeah I think uh, Shiva Raya came out with a lot of videos mm -hmm. she was also quite present uh, you know back then if you Or if you got Yoga Journal, if you read, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there, at some point, I would say in the 90s, maybe there was like a shift happening. And then, yeah, when social media kind of was, Instagram was starting to be used as a platform for, hey, look what I can do. <laughs> then I think um, you see certain... You see people with certain abilities, so you, I think, then assume also this is what yoga is. That is what it's about. And this is what I need to be able to do or something. Like the whole idea of I need to be flexible to do yoga. That is, that is, that is the number one thing I hear from people who don't do yoga. That is and then so, they tell me. That is so crazy. Like literally people walk into a private lesson who are for the first time doing yoga or just coming for a private like oh, I, I'm not flexible I'm not very good I'm like what? <laughs> well I don't know who you're comparing yourself to but it doesn't doesn't matter yeah. if you're not flexible like who cares where does that come from yeah I think also you know we see pictures of the from way back in the day of the Indians with their also their legs behind their head and stuff and we're all wrapped up in with their very form. bendy 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 yeah. bodies yeah that's funny I think that is the one most single said thing about uh, yoga. Like, I'm not flexible. Yeah. Everybody, I'm not flexible. <laughs> I'm like, oh, me neither. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, everybody, that's not true. Uh, Mercedes is very flexible. <laughs> no, but you're, you're like, don't worry about it. It's, you know, everybody has their gift and everybody has their... Things they have to work, work through. On or, yeah. It's like, as long as you're flexible in your head, That's exactly. then you can do yoga. And But this is another kind of flexibility. Yeah. But I, th I think now you do see a lot of... Yeah, and I guess it depends on the social media that you're looking at. I was going to say, like, younger... I don't know if it's really younger females. I don't know. When I think of the teachers that I see, maybe... Which, They're, they're, you know, older than I am. But I also am not really trolling through social media, so maybe I don't uh, see all of the things that... I, I know that... <laughs> I know what I've accidentally seen is there's a whole trend of people doing, like, weird handstands and bikinis and, like, crab legs, like, making their legs move in the air. Yeah, what's that up with these crab things? That was an interesting movement of... I'm like, okay, well, if you're seeing that, that's also not yoga. Like that would, I would under that gives a strange image of what this practice is. Mm. Yeah, well, I think it's really beautiful. People inspiring people. This whole Instagram thing. Sometimes it doesn't sit quite right with me. Yeah. Because I find 
practice such a personal time, something you could even call it sacred, that just to post it out there, I'm like, I don't know, you don't see pictures of nuns praying yeah. with different outfits and different <laughs> angles <laughs> and like different things. So then why would you post that? Yeah, mm. I think I, I think the whole social media movement has definitely given the wrong impression to many people, not everybody. Yeah. So to actually bring people into the studio, sometimes it can be challenging. Yeah. Because there's all these misconceptions, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what are the things that hold people back from practice? I think, too, uh, so who you see on social media, and maybe we, we think then, oh, I don't look like that, so... I'm not going to be welcome in this community or I can't do those things. So that's already a first barrier, perhaps. For I think another big one is age. Yeah, I need to be young and flexible. Yeah. I think because also um, older individuals are perhaps not trolling through social media. So maybe that what they do see or, or the small packets of information that they do get are from younger generations or images from younger people, images from younger people that are really able or even even perhaps because I know people think that we are much younger than we are. At least I get that all the time, like people asking me how old I am. Uh, so I think also... Oh, the, we are approaching a big number, uh, you and I, Missy, yeah. this year. I know. Oh, my God. How did that happen? I'm going to be 40 years old. I know. That's crazy. Oh, this, these are the good years to come. <laughs> um, but I think also perhaps that they, they there seems to be, I think people just see the huge gap between their own ability that they have to, I think that people think that I have to cross this great abyss to be able to get to where that person is. Like, how the hell am I supposed to do that? I'm not starting on this. This is ridiculous. Mm. I think that's what we see is the huge gap between... I think that that is also why that whole body positive yoga movement started as well, because people with larger bodies don't see that represented in the media. So they would assume, like, okay, I, I can't start on this because... I need to be able to fit my body into certain shapes that is not going to work. It's not going to work for me. So I think if we don't see ourselves represented in what's out there, yeah, then it's this difficult. Is, this is a big problem. I think I just also with the Black Lives Matter movement too, right? We don't see a representation of um, black yogis. So... Maybe that's why, or I think that's probably a large reason of why we see less diversity in the classroom, in the yoga room. Yeah. I think social media is a big... Uh, is at fault for this. Absolutely. Oh, man, I know. How would it be to live this life without social media again? Yeah. Or without mobile phones. Yeah. Oh, God. You just had to show up to appointments. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't cancel or saying, I'm running late. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that we lived through that. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm not saying that there were happier times, but I think... Yeah. I just wonder how much good has come from it. Yeah. I don't know. I think, but how, it's like, how do, how do you get people in the door? How do you get people to overcome that barrier? Is it, is it only by showing different images through social media? Is that what's going to change for people? I mean, obviously, of course, I know in the United States, yoga is incredibly expensive. Mm. Like uh, getting a yoga membership in the United States is, yeah, people can't pay. I don't know who can pay for that. Like I, was fortunately a yoga teacher so I just well I mean I practiced on my own and then before that the school that I practiced at when I practiced Iyengar was actually affordable um and there were student discounts uh 
And then before that, practicing in a gym because there were no yoga studios. That was affordable as well. Like, yeah. But then it's only become more and more expensive. So I think that's a huge barrier as well. It's like people, of course, you want to invest in yourself. It's the most important thing that you can do. The most valuable thing is uh, to invest money into yourself and for your own health. Just like buying food, right? You want to buy healthy products, but in some countries, that's yeah, it's, really it's difficult. It's just impossible, yeah. So yeah. how do you how do you even... I mean, let alone that, uh, I think it's a privilege for those of us who can think about it, right? Who can think about, like, okay, this is what I'm going to focus my energy on in this moment is buying these healthy products for myself or I have time for myself to go to yoga or... You know, it's a privilege in itself to be able to have the time Absolutely. to think of these things and to be present to them. And um, so alone, just speaking from a place of privilege, but still, I think uh, being able to pay, like, you know, however much a yoga membership is. In our studio, we, for in Mysore, it's 90 euros a month, which I think is a, a reasonable price. But a lot of people can't pay that. I mean, that's why we offer discounts to people. We offer discounts to students. And at the moment, we, we're also running the... Financial uh, hardship. The financial hardship membership. Yeah. Which is kind of like a little scholarship Yeah. that you can apply for. Yeah. So that people know that your financial situation shouldn't prevent you from practicing. I also think that very often people tend to think of yoga as a destination, as something to get good at, yeah. as opposed to as a support system or a tool to help you walk through your life, to help you elevate your life. Yeah. And that's really tricky because, yeah, you can tell people like, hey, yoga is in fitness. Uh, of course, you're moving your body, but there's all this great stuff. But, you know, yoga is all about your own experience. Yeah. So in a way, you have to kind of like do the whole pitch, but then they have to come in and discover it. Yeah. And I always feel like th th that's the big gap. Yeah. Because then once they're in and they see it for themselves, they're like, oh, yeah, great. Anyone can practice yoga. Yeah. But it's like getting people over yes. that. And I think all this extra bullshit that we're talking about just makes that gap bigger. Yeah. Mm, and I think I think I think that's probably the biggest thing. I think also, if I'm really honest, there are too many really bad teachers out there. <laughs> I think honestly, if you go into a class and it's your first time, there are too many really inexperienced and not well trained teachers out there. Honestly, I am putting that out there. I am standing behind my words. There's a bunch of crap out there. And I, I would say that there are more bad teachers than there are good ones. Like, honestly. I think it's easier to find inexperienced teachers. What the amount is, I wouldn't know. But it's definitely a lot easier just to walk into any random place and then... Uh... Yeah, so I think that... But then also... If you're, it is also easy to just walk into any random place. There's so many studios. Yeah. Like then, the, I think the likelihood of you going into a space and not feeling seen and not feeling taken care of or helped, I think the chances of that very are big. quite large. Yeah. I mean, I hear that time and again from students who yeah, come then, to us. And then it's a problem because then they normally. Yeah, then you normally give up, right? And you're yeah. like, well, this isn't for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's also another big, big issue. Yeah. Or sometimes teachers are, you know, perhaps very willing, but they don't have the tools. They don't know how to, um, yeah, modify or include people from different abilities in their classes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of the inexperience uh, part, but and the lack of training. Yes. <laughs> Yoga. 
Mm. We're talking about you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big issue. Like, once you do get to the point of like, okay, I'm stepping over this hurdle. I'm going to mm-hmm. walk into this place and take a class. What is the likelihood then that you are met with open arms and with somebody who really sees you and who is going to help you out? And sometimes people don't want to be seen either. You know, that's also an issue. Maybe you're going into this place and you're like, okay, I'm going to go try yoga, but they better not like look <laughs> they at better me. Not look they at better me. not pay attention to me. I better be able to hide. <laughs> so maybe also. Yeah, there's, there's, there's also, also a little bit the, of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think also maybe sometimes you go in to uh, practice yoga and then it doesn't seem as glamorous as, I mean, I guess, of course, depending on where you go, but it doesn't seem as glamorous as those pictures that you see on Instagram. So then maybe uh, there's also like, oh, I'm just going to stop because it's hard work and I'm just sitting here and breathing. It's boring. Or it's really hard. Or it's really hard. I don't feel good at it. Like, uh, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which there's nothing good to get good at. Or there is nothing to get good at. Yeah, it's like... Yeah. You get good at connecting to yourself. And seeing the voice that says, oh, you're not good at this. And helping it to quiet down. Yeah. yeah, how how to invite more diversity into our classes? This is really a good question for the yoga community. Yeah. Because just like you said, I don't think just putting a bunch of pictures will I really wonder change if that makes anything. the difference. I think it's as teachers we have a great responsibility on how we spread the message of yoga first. And on how we spread that message through which avenues. Yeah. Yeah. What we show, what we, how we represent. How we represent. Yeah. And how we see people and hold the space for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's and, a big one. It's something to really chew on for a while. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that more so than that this is a podcast about practices for everyone. It's more like a a question to the world of how do we as yoga teachers, how do we reach more people to tell them that it's okay that this is a practice for everybody. That this is something you need in your life or and what is more like what is the hurdle that we start to inspect and uh, and research like what are the things what are the things that we are doing in our behavior in our actions that are preventing people from walking through the door i know uh, mercedes and i follow on instagram um a yoga studio is it richmond uh i was just thinking about them too <laughs> and it's so funny because i was trying to remember the name so that we could share it i think it's richmond ashtanga yoga or ashtanga, ashtanga richmond. Yoga, richmond it's a um mercedes and i do not know the owner of the studio personally at all we just happen to follow them on um, facebook but he does a great job. I don't know. He's amazing. Uh, what he's doing, but he has a great uh, um, a lot of practitioners that are, I guess you would call them senior practitioners. He has a couple students that are, in. The, I think he posted one time uh, somebody in their nineties. Yeah, are they in their nineties? I'm doing Ashtanga yoga. I'm yeah. not doing Hatha. Not doing Yin. Doing yeah. Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga. I think that's also a big. I remember. So just recently, um, Richmond City Yoga. Yeah, Richmond City Yoga. Yeah, yeah. I think that's lovely to see. Uh, yeah, older. So inspiring. Older uh, 
practitioners come in and start the practice, even at that late of an age, like they've never practiced before and they walk through the door and they start their own practice. Like that's such a beautiful thing. What prevents people from doing that? I mean, I think that a lot of doctors probably say to their patients now, oh, you should do yoga. But then it's also like... That they, that they do say yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, where should I start? What? And, yeah. and I think also that perhaps doctors know too little, so maybe they don't suggest this to their older patients. Mm. Or to their patients that are not... Uh, maybe maybe doctors are only suggesting this to young, fit uh, patients, female, maybe they're only suggesting this to female patients. Um, yeah, I think, uh, that's interesting too. Like what kind of, where are people hearing about yoga? What, um, what message are they receiving? Not only from social media, but also, from other avenues. I think a lot of people also come through word of mouth, through friends that are like, hey, I'm yeah, doing this, is... this amazing thing. You should do it as well. You know? Yeah, that is the ultimate tool, the word of mouth. Yeah. I think sometimes also, as teachers, sometimes um, let me rephrase. I think sometimes we try to we tend to put people in one box as opposed to really look at the person and what they need and how we can help that specific person. Yeah. Which is the beauty of what kind of practice? <laughs> Ta da! The miser style practice. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, of course, you can also do that in a you know, group setting, led yeah. setting, but indeed it requires quite a few years of experience and managing group yeah but I think this is a big thing I think sometimes we can get so obsessive about like technique and right alignment and yeah the way something should look and I'm not saying that of course there's a lot of beauty in yoga like visually of course when you see someone doing a beautiful pose you're like oh gorgeous lovely lines but who cares yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like for one moment it's really nice but, you know, if you see somebody doing something a lot less, but they're breathing and they're really in the moment, really yeah. feeling every cell of their body, you're like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Like one of our students, uh, she's 67, I just heard. And, uh, you know, she's like, she comes to practice every day. Yeah. One hour vinyasa class. And she's like doing everything and breathing and being there. It's like, it's amazing. I yeah. wish there were more people like her. Yeah. Yeah. Or oftentimes also people tend to think, oh, I have this issue. I cannot do yoga. I just give up right away. Yeah. As opposed to see, okay, how can I include yoga in my life? And where should I go? Yeah. To help me with that. Yeah, I think also, because um, I was just talking to a student and they, I can't remember what the conversation was, but they... We're referring to another style of yoga that um, is very modified and takes out all like potential postures that could potentially uh, cause some kind of injury. Um, so you mean these, these practices that were just like done in Sarastiti? <laughs> yoga Nidra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so saying something like oh yeah for older individuals this is a great practice and i said but ashtanga he said and then the student said um you know it's not like ashtanga yoga mm. and i was like no how is it not like ashtanga yoga ashtanga yoga at mysore yoga you can adjust the practice to anybody and the needs that they have and the, their abilities and if you're missing an arm or a leg or Whatever, you can still practice Ashtanga. It can be adjusted to what you can do. I think um, you were telling a story that Nancy told, right? Tell yeah, that yeah. That's, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm telling it correctly, but uh, senior teacher Nancy Gilgoff, who, well, actually, she also shares this message herself because she was extremely, extremely ill in her youth. She was very weak when she went with David Williams. Basically, Nancy never had uh, done yoga before and she just wanted to 
travel around and she followed David and David was the one that was like really hungry for yoga. So they, uh, they landed in, uh, in Mysore with Patabi Joyce and, and Nancy shares that the first few years, like literally Patabi Joyce would actually like grab her arms and, and make her fold and move through the practice with his support. And, you know, while David was doing his very strong practice, Patabi Joyce would support her. And like even for the first seven years, like she would practice with no vinyasa in between. So he was there helping her through her situation. Yeah. And then also she shared another really interesting uh, point because Patabi Joyce really always shared this message that this was a practice for everybody. And I don't really know how this story goes, but apparently there was a man that was uh, uh, not capable of really walking or moving. He was, uh, how do you say, bedridden? No. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, basically in bed. And uh, Patabi Joyce didn't speak a lot of English, so this was only with a few words. But he went with a finger to the belly of uh, of the guy in bed. And he said, inhale, look up, exhale, look down. And then he looked at uh, Nancy and David and said, this is Ashtanga Yoga. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what it looks like as long as... You're doing it. Yeah. So, you know, the intensity and, 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 and the technicality, I mean, it could be so huge. Varied, yeah. I, I also think that some people need to become a pretzel and actually have steam coming yeah. out of their body in order to find some kind of quieting. Yeah. To while, get, while other yeah. people maybe can just leave their eyes and bring them down. Yeah. No, I agree. I think that everybody... I think Dina Kinsberg even said this at one point, like if you have a dancer coming into practice uh, who's like a professionally trained dancer dancing intensely for a long time, yeah. like they're going to fly and float through primary series and probably second series, maybe only till they get to like third series, advanced A or B, that they finally start to meet their, start edge. To meet their edge and get yeah. really start to get the, the deeper... Um, energetic body and uh, the mental body um, kind of coming to the point where the uh, boiling point the boiling point where you where you have the stuff that really needs to come up and out (laughs) yeah yeah the the stuff that needs to be processed that yeah for everybody it's different for some people it's going to be Surya Namaskar A for some people it's just going to be breathing deeply that that's going to be the thing that gets you deeper than the surface and starts to awaken, uh, you know, the body, then starts to awaken the nervous system and then starts to awaken the energetic uh, body the, and being able to see the patterns that we confront in the mental body, all those things. Everybody has something different that's going to get them there or not, you know. Yeah, we all need different. We all need different things. We're all different. We are all individuals. Nobody is the same. So, yeah, there's so many possibilities in practice. How how do you help people understand that? No, this practice is for you. This practice is for you. Uh, it's not for somebody who's flexible it's not for somebody who's skinny it's not for somebody who's white it's not for somebody who's is rich it's not for somebody who has the latest lululemon fashion on um no maybe lululemon is not the new like hot and height hip (laughs) yoga gear but yeah it's just it's for you yeah it's almost like saying Oh, the sun is not for me, or food is not for me. I mean, it's there for everybody. Well, some people say food is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Who says that? The, what are they called? The prana. Oh, yeah, uh, the prana or the sun gazers. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like the way, the way you work with it is what is going to make a difference. Yeah. And I think then, like as a yoga studio, how do we pull in all these types of students, especially if we're not, I think there's also a fine line where, you know, there's people posting 
the fancy stuff and if you're not competing with that will you draw people in and I I think yes that you will um people want to see the realness of having said that I think now there's a little bit of I think like the last 10-15 years there's been a big boom in yoga and all these hip studios and I think now slowly we're moving back towards more like let's say home shalas family shalas yeah more people starting to look more for communities and and this sort of place as, as opposed to like the big I guess there's something for everybody yeah but uh you do see people starting to search a little bit more it's yeah. just that there's so much offering. I think yeah. it takes a lifetime to go through the whole yoga studios and teachers in your city. Yeah. It's like you need to give up your job and then just go in the quest of finding <laughs> finding what's right for you. Yeah. So I think this has been more of a discussion of I think it's more how, like <laughs> how do how do we do this? I think yeah. this is a discussion to be continued. I think um, Mercedes and I are working hard on how do we yeah, how do we reach more like a broader more people audience. Yeah. Just because yeah, we truly believe that this practice is for everyone yeah. and that everyone can find so much strength and joy in it that we love to yeah share it yeah so people don't be afraid come join us <laughs> yeah yeah really now interesting conversation it's not over it's definitely not over. Is this is like the first? This is like the skin of the onion. I don't even think it's the skin. It's, <laughs> it's like the dust that's you on the skin. The top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we chopped the top and then we chopped it in half. Yeah. That's it. We did the we did the preparation for the peeling of the of onion. The onion. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else that you would like to add about this topic? Why is it, even though there are so many barriers? And how maybe how how it's not it's like okay there's so many barriers to prevent people from practicing and maybe that hold people back from practicing and but why is yoga practice for everyone why what do we get out of it why is it so amazing like why do you as an individual why should you be practicing yoga you mean me or any everybody, human being? every human being as an indiv- as an individual on this earth, a person on this earth. Why, why practice? Why is this practice for everyone? I think you know the the goal of yoga is not necessarily to become enlightened. That we don't have to have that as I think that's also maybe. I guess maybe people are also not aware of this. Like the whole practice of yoga, the idea is that you are working towards becoming enlightened. And I think that um, for everybody, like everybody needs more connection, whether it's connection to yourself or to the people around you. Everybody needs more... um, awareness of what's going on in themselves and what's going on in the world around them in in their lives Uh, everyone needs to see more clearly the beauty that is all around all around and within I think this, this might be a little bit different from person to person but yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like, how can we walk through this life present, open? And willing to see what is around us. Yeah. and The good, the bad, the ugly. And then understanding action that we can take or that we need to take in order to, yeah, become better people, um, become better people to help those around us to improve the world that we live in, to improve ourselves. 
that's something for everybody. That yeah. is a job, a task for everyone. Yeah. Funny, if I ask myself, like, why do you practice? I think it comes down to life becomes a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable when I do. Yeah. And that's it. Everything yeah. else is fluff around it. I mean, of course, yeah. there's a lot of fun with, you know, the physical stuff and also a lot of frustration. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's, yeah, it just makes me happy. But it makes me happy in a, new, in a way, not like, oh, everything is pink colored. That's like a sustainable... Yeah, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm Czech. I'm yeah. here. Yeah. Let me do this. Yeah. yeah. All right. Get on your mat. Get on your mat. Come see us. If you need a mat, come see us. <laughs> if you need some help, come see us. We've got a lovely community. Yeah, we have an amazing community. And we're lucky because it is... It is quite diverse. Yeah. If you compare it to other places. Yeah. It's kind of like home. It is. It's very home. It's, we have a very down-to-earth bunch of... Yeah. Misfits. <laughs> yes. Us. Um, and we're very lucky. We just got to reopen, so... Yeah. Yeah. So nice. We get to see them in 3D form. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa. It's, it's still so weird to see everybody coming in. I'm yeah. like, I, I feel I like <laughs> I need to poke them. But no, it's working really good. We have a lot of space between mats, plenty yeah. of fresh air and all that good stuff. So we're lucky that we can offer that to our students. Yeah. All right, everyone. If you have questions, comments please don't hesitate to send us an email. You can email us at info at theonionpeelers.nl or info at thebreathingspace.nl. Um, check out our website, www.thebreathingspace.nl. And if you have a moment to spare, would you be please so kind to leave us a review on iTunes that will help us reach a broader audience with our Onion Peelers podcast. Yes. And um, also, if you're looking to deepen your practice or to um, give yourself a more immersive, more immersive, let's say, um, a different perspective on your practice, a more immersive yeah, practice, uh, perspective, then check out our uh, upcoming Vinyasa Yoga teacher training. It starts at the uh, end of August. And... Um, end of July I think we have a question and answer session uh, yeah we also have uh, different payment options so if uh, financial assistance is something that you need uh, we are very flexible out. yep do reach out okay then that's a wrap that's a wrap alright people take care out there be good be safe be happy. Until next time, this is Mercedes. And this is Lana. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> oh my God.